0: Welcome to Books, Kids, and Creations, a part of the Authors on the Air Global Radio Network. I am your host, Tracy Bloom, and I feature people who inspire future generations with their work. And today I'm speaking with Sophia Goals out of sunny, sunny Orlando, Florida, um, which is wonderful. I'm sure this time of year where it's cold and gray up here in Ohio. Uh, She is the award-winning author of several books, and I'm so happy to have you here today.
1: Hi, Tracy. I'm very excited to be here with you today. Thank you for hosting me.
0: You're it welcome. is very sunny
1: and very warm. <laughs> See, I wasn't even going to
0: ask about it, but now I know. <laughs> I figured as much, you know, with Orlando, it's usually pretty perfect this time of year.
1: This time of year, but give us a few months and it will be sweltering, so <laughs> we'll trade off.
0: <sighs> well, I I am always fascinated about um, people's journeys and how they got started. So you have won tons of awards, but I'm, I'm sure that it was, I mean, as every author knows, it is not an easy process or journey to get to where you are and to get those awards and to get the author visits and to really showcase your work. Um, how did you get started with, with writing? Have you always enjoyed, enjoyed doing that?
1: I have. Wow. Yes. I have always loved writing. I've always enjoyed telling stories. I think um, it's something that everybody has inside of them, whether we we use a different medium or, or words. Um, But I, it it has been a long journey. (laughs) Uh, I think, I think anybody like you said in this industry um, can, can attest to the um, lengthy journey, the the lengthy backstories that most of us have. Um, No, I, I've, always loved writing. I've always loved books. Uh, It took me a long time to figure out that I could actually write. Um, I spent many years, even up through my adulthood, wishing that I could be a writer and telling myself that I I couldn't and I didn't have the skills. Um, I would sit down in front of, you know, a piece of paper, much like I'm sure, you know, a, a painter would, and try and get the images and the stories from my head onto that paper and it you know didn't work and so I thought I was terrible at it and I would just then not do it or try. Um, It wasn't until about 12 years ago 10 or 12 years ago that um, I finally told myself it's now or never. And I started taking writing classes and reading books. And I joined the SCBWI, uh, mm-hmm. which was incredibly helpful. Met other writers and, um, and started taking myself a little more seriously. Um, but awesome. it was, yeah, it was funny, though. It was actually a friend of mine um, a few years after that, when I had started trying to do things, a, a friend of mine and I uh, sat down at dinner one night. And she is in a different industry, but a creative one as well. We were both at this wall, we felt. And we sort of, during this dinner, made a promise to each other that we would go home that night, you know, after this lengthy talk and and no longer say I'm an aspiring writer, uh, or in her case, an aspiring actress. Uh, It was, I am a writer and I am an actress. And we just made this... Decision to look at ourselves differently, and I feel like, and she will say the same thing. She's she's gone on to do great things and is on television. Um, and it was it was more the way we looked at ourselves versus how other people saw us, and um, and it was a pivotal moment.
0: Isn't that incredible? <laughs> like just that mentality and the the words we tell ourselves about ourselves. I was just talking to someone the other day about. Um, they said, you know, I feel like I'm really hard on myself. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I think a lot of people are really hard on themselves, you know, almost to a point where it's like, well, you wouldn't let someone else talk to you like that. Why would you, why are you talking to yourself like that? And it's so amazing how just your mindset and your mentality and your ability to look at yourself in this new light and probably step into the space that you were already in and just own it completely shifted everything.
1: I think. Absolutely, and I think also, especially if you're in a creative field of any type, uh, it's very easy to just say, "I'm terrible at this. I don't. I clearly don't have a natural talent. I'm. This is not for me." Mm -hmm. And I I wish that I had learned early on just how much work goes into writing. That you might love being creative and telling stories, but the the learning, the craft of it, just like any medium, it, it takes time and a lot of practice. And so for me in particular, I just didn't think I was naturally inclined and therefore it wasn't my medium. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a long time to, like I said, you know, to switch that mentality and it really does make a big difference.
0: Yeah. And, and your books are so beautiful. I mean, I've, I've kind Thank of, you looked over a, 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 and they're all very, very stunning and fun and well-written and well-illustrated, but, um, you're, your first book, The Boy Who Grew a Forest, how did that book come to you? How did you decide that you were going to write that book? Uh,
1: um, well, that one was, uh, that was, that was a challenge for me in, in many ways. Um, my father was a forest ecologist and conservationist and um, some of my earliest memories are trekking through forests with him and helping him take samples or water mm-hmm. samples here, or, you know, climb a tower to measure whatever. Um, it it It's a subject matter that I'm naturally drawn to, um, that I really felt was very near to my heart. And when I saw um, there was a, a short National Geographic uh, documentary on, on the subject of the Boy Who Grew a Forest, it was Jadav Paying. Um, and that's how I discovered this this subject. And I was so moved by this person who um, decided to take action and didn't need the world to know about it. It wasn't on Instagram. It wasn't on TikTok. It wasn't like, hey, look what I'm doing. It was yeah. just him and his own two hands, um, you know, walking the walk, not just talking it, and making a massive impact in this local community. and. I don't know, it was just so hopeful and beautiful. And it just, it really called to my heart. And when I saw this, I could not stop thinking about it. And it didn't occur to me when I saw it. I wasn't like, ooh, this will make a great book. It was just (laughs) one of those things that I couldn't stop thinking about. And, And then I got really curious, you know, is he still alive? What's he doing now? How big is the forest? And so then I started doing this research, not even realizing at the time, that I was researching. (laughs) Um, and it wasn't until I got a little obsessive about it that I realized I am really into this and I really want to tell people about this. And not only that, but I think kids might really find this inspiring. Um, and I started playing with the idea of, of turning it into a book and I had a, a strong first draft very quickly. It was one of those stories that sort of flowed and and when that happens as a writer as you know it's a pretty magical moment because it's definitely (laughs) not always like that no
0: um
1: and uh and then I sort of put it in a drawer for a good long while I was um having you know trying I was still trying to find an agent I was Still trying to figure out, you know, what to do. I was told that if your first book is nonfiction, then you're gonna be pigeonholed as a nonfiction author. Mm. And this is an interesting thing because I had always been a fiction author. This story, The Boy you Grew Forest, was uh, the first nonfiction piece I'd ever written. Um, and it wasn't even because I was like, Ooh, I wanna write nonfiction, it was because it was I was just fascinated by it. Yeah. Um and it, it so it, it took me some time, and then I entered it on a whim into the Florida um, SCBWI Rising Kite Contest. Yeah, and um, and it happened to place. I think it was second, and I was blown away. And that to me was a little a, a reaffirming moment of okay, maybe this is something to go with here. Yeah,
0: um,
1: and I submitted it to an agent. Uh, they accepted it, and. We started submitting it out to um publishers. we got uh <laughs> we had an editor who asked if we could, they could hold it for a few years oh. <laughs> <And You're> like <laughs> one of the big five that was an interesting <laughs> offer um and we did get and then we got uh, some some very um interested editors and then we got a full offer and then my dad died in an accident oh. and My whole world sort of flipped upside down because here I am with this book that I had really written for my father, um, you know, and and saw so much of him in this, and 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 then he was gone
0: Mm
1: -hmm. um, overnight, which was a, a shocking turn of events. I was thankfully able to share with him, you know, I had not gotten the contract, but. Uh, like I think it was like a week before he died. Um, I, I was able to tell him I got an offer. This will be a book, and he'd read the manuscript. He didn't oh. know that I was going to dedicate it to him, but he'd read it and he knew. You know, his daughter would be published, and it was very exciting. And then all of this happened. Um, and then when the book finally came out, when I held it in my hands for the first time, it was such a, a moment. You know, know, it was I poured so much more than just my heart into this. So to have it as well-received as it was and to come out, you know, Kayla's illustrations were phenomenal. I was, it was really a moment to this day. Clearly it's, it's still, it's still a moment for me. That book yeah. was, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then you started the Dr. Henry Gold Seeds field trip endowment.
1: Yes. Um, so my father um, had, right before he passed, had just, um, Retired from the National Science Foundation in DC. And while he was there, he was in charge of funding grants, um, ecological grants for around the world. Um, And one of the grants he'd approved and the programs he was really excited about was for um, ESA, which is the Ecological Society of America, for their SEEDS program. Um, And their SEEDS program uh, helps students from um, diverse backgrounds, you know, step into the realm of ecology. And the endowment that we created in um, my father's name, uh, which we have just reached, I'm very excited, Um, the funding that will be in perpetuity now, um, it takes students on field trips. So it gives them field experiences at um, different seeds and ESA sites around the country. So we're very, very excited about it. And I'm happy to continue to try and and push that legacy as, as much as possible.
0: That's incredible. What an incredible accomplishment. And I'm sure that like you could just feel I'm sure your dad looking down or however you believe but <laughs> just that presence of I'm proud of you for this good job, you know. I sure hope so. I'd like yeah. to think so. Yeah. Um and then you've also created some really um really funny books. So the yeah. bug, bug on the rug <laughs> Um, is adorable by the way. I have a sister who Thank has a, a pug and she's a pug girl. And I went, Oh my gosh, this is incredible. You have a video on your website that shows a trailer for it. Um is that, yes. is that your
1: is that your newest book? So that was my newest book and funny enough, um, the first fiction book that I've had published. So now i was having come from a not nonfiction um, <laughs> focus, I've had, you know, four nonfiction books published and Bug and the Rug is my first fiction and it was so much fun to write. I was so excited to have it out there and it will not be alone. I can only say that for now. There will be, uh, it will have a companion (laughs) sometime soon, (laughs) but I can't share anything beyond that. (laughs) That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, and I think that's really cool that you stepped right from nonfiction into funny, funny fiction. And it's like, you know, you don't have to live in these boxes that people try to put you in and you can, if you want to try it, then you can try it and get right into <laughs> a different genre. Yes. And, and, you know, if you want to write a I will say bit.
1: I'm very lucky that I have an agent who also believes that. So yeah. um, I, that is, it's definitely nice to have a, a partner like that who who believes that you can step out of a box yeah. um, and, and has helped me to do so. So I, I am very grateful for that. But I agree. I mean, I didn't think I could write a book and here I am, you know, five plus books in and so what who's to say you can't write something different at that point in time you know mm. the there's there are no limitations other than the ones we set on ourselves
0: yeah and okay I have to talk about a history of toilet paper how did <laughs> how did you decide on this well like, like I'm always fascinated by how ideas come to people and I'm like I wonder how
1: she decided on this <laughs> well you know I think for me for me not setting out to purposefully write nonfiction I write my nonfiction like I would fiction they're just ideas that I really find that I can't stop thinking about that I just think are so fun and exciting so I don't necessarily look at it as I'm going to sit down and write an informative book right now I just write about something I like and um for toilet paper I was the pandemic I I walked into the grocery store and there were empty shelves everywhere but I turned around and I was like, there are Kleene- Kleenex and, and baby wipes and other things. And I was like, well, shoot, we don't have to use toilet paper. And I was like, I'm sure, you know, in my mind, I'm sitting there going, I'm sure people use lots of creative things, you know, way back when. And then I sort of thought about that after a while. I was like, what did we use before toilet paper? You know, I really appreciate my toilet paper now. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think we was hmm so I, you know, again, it was just that sort of, huh, I'm going to just check this out and see what happened. And then the more I, you know, it was one of those random, probably midnight Googles during the pandemic. And <laughs> that sort of snowballed into a book because it was fascinating what people used and hilarious and bizarre. And also, as I started reading it, it's sort of, you know, paralleled the, this, not just the invention of toilet paper, but, you know, civilization and, you know, hygiene and all these other things that are important to us now (laughs) right um so that's sort of sort of how how it came about
0: that's awesome yeah well all of your books are so great and then I was looking on your website you also have um teacher guides you do a lot of author visits um yeah yeah I just think that there's so many cool things that you're doing is there anything
1: on the horizon
0: that you would like to talk about Oh, my
1: goodness. There are um, a few books that are on the horizon that I cannot share any details with. But I will say um, I got an offer for a book this past week. Um, I got the offer. I got the call while I was on vacation. I didn't expect to pick up the call. It was a number I didn't realize um, was my agent. And it was for a manuscript that was one of the very first manuscripts that I wrote 10 years ago. Um and I have rewritten it in a million different ways ways since then um i i it's one of those manuscripts I'd write and I just knew something wasn't right I've submitted yeah. completely different characters different names different themes my my critique group was sick of it ten years later Hello. um and I finally finally um about a year ago felt like I hit the nail on the head and I am so glad that my agent believed in it, and i I just got an offer, and it was just this kind of magical moment that came together while while I was away and i i I can't wait I can't wait to share the story. I can't wait to to go into classes or workshops and share original drafts of this story because it is just it's a it's a it's a story <laughs> it's a, with a big backstory
0: <laughs> well, for um I always ask everyone who comes on the show. What Mm -hmm. advice do you have for future generations? And this could be anybody who, you know, just in general or kids who want to pursue writing or try to be an author, anything.
1: Oh, um, the biggest piece of advice I have is, um, you're not terrible. (laughs) (laughs) You are not terrible. Your stories might be not exactly what you want them to be, especially at the beginning. Um, but that doesn't mean that you're not a storyteller or that you can't do it. Um, don't don't hold yourself back like I did for myself for so many years. Uh, definitely be open to critique and to learning because you might not be terrible, but you also have a lot to learn. and even mm-hmm. now, even now, I'm learning constantly. Um, and and then, you know, have patience. If it's something you love, you'll wait as long as, as you can for it. And, um, and you'll need that.
0: Great advice. Well, I am so proud of you. I'm so honored to have had this time to speak with you and talk about your beautiful creations. Um, I will post a link underneath of the video, or well, I guess it's audio, but, um, I'll post a link in the description here that links to your website where people can check out all of your wonderful books. If you're a school teacher or a principal and you want to book her for school visits, she has a link on her page for author visits. Um, Is there anything
1: else that you would like to share? I just want to say, first of all, thank you so much for having me. This has been so lovely. And, And I just want to say, you know, happy reading and writing to everybody out there. Happy reading and writing, everybody.